Happy Dad is available at a lot of your local bars and restaurants. You might even find it at some saloons. If you've enjoyed a Happy Dad, then you know it goes well with your burger, your wings, pizza, and steak. <laughs> People in California eat it with their sushi, too. Go to happydad.com find to find a bar or restaurant near you so you can watch the games with the boys while enjoying an ice-cold daddy drink. The ladies love it as well. If your bar doesn't carry Happy Dad, then ask them to call their distributor to stock up. You can't have a burger with that skinny can, can you? It's time to man up and drink Happy Dad. Let's go, boys. What's good? Another episode of Full Sun Podcast. We got a legend coming in, Gronk. We're at a shout out to Dave Grutman. We're at Casadona, brand new spot in Miami. The spot's fucking fire, yeah, right? Yeah, I love it here. Big terrace, right on the water. It's beautiful. You, yeah, you partied nice. here before or no? I have. Uh, the How opening. was it? It's fucking sick. Really sick. A lot sick. of sexy chicks? Yeah. Yeah. One of the better nights I've had in Miami, to be honest. Yeah. If you guys are like, you guys know we party in Miami a lot, so you guys got to check out Casadona if you come here. Any of Grutman's spots, Gecko is fire. What else is lit? Obviously, the other ones. Poppy, Poppy steak, steak, Komodo. Komodo. Poppy Steak, Komodo, Gecko, Casadona. Oh, Strawberry Swan, Moon. Strawberry yeah, Moon. Swan. He fucking has a lot of spots. A lot of Strawberry spots, Moon. Just search up Groot Hospitality. Just hit only those spots when you come to Miami. But yeah. um, what's good? How's the dial going? It's great. Day eight. Day eight. Day eight. I'm you impressed. We, an we announced on our stories, we're doing a Nelk Boys Classic Physique Challenge. So basically, March 9th, which is UFC Miami, we're all going to do like a Nelk Boys bodybuilding show. We'll make it on brand like Nelk and shit. Wait, but what do you mean? What do you mean? Anyone stepping show? onto the I scale? It was just, well, yeah, who like has the best all, physique? Yeah. Like, but oh. we're going to make it like content too. Oh, we're doing all that? Yeah. Wow. I thought it was just a show. We're shirt stepping on the scale, the bro. No matter well, how. Pretty you much, look. yeah. But we'll make it like entertaining and shit. Oh, oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. Fuck. March 9th? <laughs> March 9th, which is the day of UFC Miami. Perfect. Bro, I didn't so know we perfect. were doing all that. What do you mean? We're doing a show. I thought it was just like a shirt off. Yo, the you win. Well, fans I mean, vote. We, I mean, we got to make it somewhat entertaining and funny. Yeah, yeah. We got to step on like the scale. And shit. So yeah, basically all of us, whoever makes the best transformation, all of us are doing it. Us three, Cousin Jay, Jimmy, I think. Um, Gabe. Gabe. Steve. Steve. You. Whoever makes the me, best transformation. And you guys will vote. We'll figure out how we do it. But winner's going to get 100K, which is pretty nuts. Yeah, that's yeah. far. What would you do with your money? I'll just save it. I mean, I, I really want to win. Like, I'm I really bro. genuinely want to win. As fuck. Yeah, I haven't drank in a minute. I, mean, I feel great. Eight days straight. Like 10, 10, 11. I just haven't drank. I don't even really want to go out. I know. Like, not that much. I mean, next year, New Year's, definitely going out. Like, that's next a year or next week? No, next week. Next oh, week, okay. my bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely a send. But like, regular Saturday nights, you know, depends. If, they, if there's, you know, if there's chicks out there, you know what I mean? Like, if they. Who do you think the favorites to win? <laughs> I don't know, honestly. I know it could, it's it's pretty crazy. I think it's, it's in between. It's, like, it's, it's really like it's whoever really dials in. That it's like like Jimmy could do it, but I know he's not going to dial in on his diet. <laughs> That's the thing. You you could work out as hard as you want, but if you don't diet, you're not gonna you're not gonna do it. So it's who's gonna really stick to that diet. I can't see you doing that. I can. I don't know. I woke up feeling different this morning, bro. Good. I've been on. Watching like an inspirational shit. Like what? David uh, Goggins? Shout out the Trend Twins, bro. I love you guys. Have you ever watched them? The Trend Twins? They are twins? my favorite guys ever. I've seen their channels. Oh, yeah. I met I met one of them. Yeah. I just woke up met, this morning and wanted to fucking funny, yeah. take okay. steroids and blast anime music. And really? I'm ready to go. Yeah. 
That, those guys are cool. I remember meeting them at Price Fix. Yeah. No, it is diet. But it's that's, also that's key, it's bro. also what's it, what's in right now. Like being fit and being healthy is so in. Yeah, it's and in. like being like that douchebag at the club, wearing chains. What's well, not necessarily drunk, being a douchebag? You're healthy. You look good. You know. Yeah, but I just think the vibe is now like that's what's in and cool. Yeah, and probably a better life decision. <laughs> yeah, of course, no <laughs> shit. Well, both. We're still gonna rip the club, but yeah. yeah. We're probably gonna. It's a healthy balance, but it's better now because when you only go those one or you, let's say you go once a week or once a month, that experience is probably gonna be looking, ten times more yeah, fun. Yeah, you're looking forward to it. Yeah. Instead of like going out all the time, and you just have to fucking not like think about chicks, bro. Like that's fucking hard, man. That's no, really hard. I, told but, you, I mean, that's what it is, bro. Just become it's, it's hard. No, it's hard, but like I mean, it's hard not to think about chicks. Like, it's because, you know, like, dude, the dial's a full time job. It is. It is. There's so much that goes into it. And like the one thing that you got to do is you got to sleep good. Mm-hmm. Because if you're doing like two a days and you're working as hard as you're working, you got to sleep good. That's why I had a chick over this week. Threw me Yo. off. What's up, baby? It's good. It's good. How's it going, Rob? I'm good. How are you? Rob Gronkowski in the house. This is a fucking, we appreciate you coming through, bro. Yeah, man, not a problem. It worked out perfect, man. I've been on a, a freaking world, world war. World war of a tour, not a war, but a whirlwind of a tour. What have you been doing? That's better. I've been on I've been on the road for 22 days right now. Yesterday was my first day off, but I was traveling still. But uh, I've been shooting like uh, I, I've had seven days of commercial shoots, 12 hours each day. Holy USAA, fuck. I had to go to Army Navy game. I had three flights across country over the last 20 days as well. Landing, going right to work. And man, I'm excited for the freaking holidays. Holy That's for fuck. sure. So this is my last thing I got. You know, doing the podcast with you guys, and then I have off till January seventh when I go back out to LA to do the Fox Analyst stuff for the last season of the week. So I'm excited for it. But this is a bang. This is how you finish it off. Right now, boys, baby. Holidays, That's yeah. how you finish it off. Celebration right here. You saved the best for fucking last. <laughs> Let's, baby. Go. Let's go. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> how is the anthem shit? Oh yeah, the anthem. Uh, that was pretty cool, man. Uh, what was cool was like we were at um, in SoFi about a couple months ago and we were at the Travis Scott concert and we were there with all the SoFi people, all the Hollywood Park people who put on the bowl game. And uh, I'm sitting there. And I'm they're like, hey, what do you want to do at the bowl game? Like, we need something. You, you need to do something like Jimmy Kimmel hosted it. And he, he played the clarinet with the bands. And I was like, all right, what can I bring to the table? I was like, how about I sing the national anthem? I sung it right there on the spot. Julian Edelman was with us at the Travis Scott concert, a couple other people. And I started singing and everyone stopped me right on the spot. And they were like, e, we need like 10 more shots to keep listening to your ass. Rob. And I was like, all right. I was like, but I still want to do it. They're like, we're going to get a choir for you. So then I was like, that's perfect. I don't have to study as much, try and tune my voice, get, get, you know, to perfection. So then I studied the night before for like two hours, got it down and pr- pulled it off right at the end. So that was huge that's to epic. have four four singers with me and what was cool about it was the national choir of uh i forgot the exact name of it but it was military members and veterans that went homeless and then they take them off the streets and uh they give them opportunity um to you know to build their life back up do the national anthem um get their life back on track so it was really cool singing with them and i pulled it off man it was really fun and i i blacked out right before (laughs) i literally did i forgot all the words i was nervous i started sweating my face got all red but i pulled it off how many people were was that in front of you know it was about thirty-two thousand, thirty-four thousand people there damn yeah it was sweet it was cool it was uh once i got going it was like a football game like the first three plays no matter what no matter how many games i played the first three plays 
I'm like, oh, he's like, damn, I'm nervous, shaking a little bit. You get a couple hits and you get a catch and you're like, man, I can play rest of the game, you know, all day long. Like, I'm not nervous anymore. It was the same thing with the National Anthem. Yeah. Once I hit, oh, say, <laughs> I was like, I got this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy seeing you on Fox and just like not on the field anymore for us. Makes me feel like I'm getting older. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean a little bit because I was <laughs> like your generation for you, of, of a player. Like, yeah. was I the guy Dude, that you, you watched? Were the guy. You yeah, and Tom. so now I'm not playing anymore. And you're like, damn, I'm getting old. The guy that I watched growing up is on TV. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's fun, though, man. It's a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm learning from the best as well. I got Michael Strahan, who's unbelievable off the field. I mean, he does Good Morning America. He's so witty at any time. He can talk about any subject and, and just bring a great point up to the table at any time. You got Terry Bradshaw, Howie Long, who's been with Fox Sports so, uh, with that TV show since the day it started about 30 years ago, bro. 30 years ago, they've been doing that for. Wow. And then uh, we also got Jimmy Johnson, Hall of Fame, yeah, of football course. coach, just went into the Hall of Fame with the Dallas Cowboys as well. And then we got Kurt Menefee, who's the smoothest sailing guy of all times at the end of the table leading us. So they're legit, man. They're great to learn with. I'm I'm the youngest by like 15 years. Michael Strahan's 15 years older than me, and uh, he's the second youngest on the, on the squad. So it's really cool just being with them and just learning from them. And they have such a good time and such a great bond. Yeah, dude, you're a great addition. Uh, but how many days a week are you watching football? Like, yo, I could still play. Uh, I mean, I could definitely still play. There's the yeah, for yeah. sure about that. I feel like I'm in better shape now than when I was when I was playing, especially when I was younger. Really? Uh, yeah, because, you know, I was a maniac when I was younger. You didn't really know what I was doing. I would just show up, you know, partying on the weekends, yeah. get out of shape over the weekends. I literally probably about 30 times in my life got out of shape over the weekends with <laughs> well, my teammates as well. What was the cycle like, like during? Like it was a cycle. It was a cycle. Yeah. It was exactly what like, it was. Walk us through that week. Yeah. So during the season, like we're talking when I was young, 20s, yeah, right? Yeah. Like 21, 22, 23, 24. Like I was still supposed to be in college. I left early my junior year. So uh, it was like in the off season, no, during the season, man, I was really focused. You would have a couple beers after the game, you know, and then get back on track during the week. You couldn't really party during the week, but yeah. like off season, man, it was just a rotation every single week. And it was like, you were in college again and, yeah. uh, you know, Friday night comes, you're going out, you're freaking partying until 4am. You brown out basically every night, no matter what, cause you're, <laughs> you're pounding about 10 to 20 drinks. I mean, oh, as yeah. a football player yeah. and perform. Yes, yeah, so still went out there performing. Then Saturday would come, you know, same thing. You know, you keep partying maybe Saturday during the day as well. And then Sunday comes and you're like, damn, I feel like ass. Like, how am I going to run tomorrow? So you pound like literally 200, like 200 fluid ounces of water. You go in the sauna, you put all the electrolytes in the water, go in the sauna for like an hour, <laughs> sweat everything out. And then somehow, since we were so young and so like, um, you know what? what is so used to running so like when we start running again it just comes right back to us that on monday we would just pulled off the first 10 minutes always sucked but then bam we always got going again dude working out is the best fucking hangover cure yeah it is man it's tough the first 10 minutes but once you get that sweat in i feel like that's the best hangover cure it is depends how hungover you are I sometimes know. you can't work out yeah, if you're hungover but a really good way to get back into working out after being hung over i found out because you can't really just hit it right away when you're young how old are you guys you're you're 20, young. i'm 29 29. You're 29 oh you He's look young. like you're freaking yeah. 21 dude <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, actually you look like you're 19 bro <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I usually so get Liam's that. young. He's 22. I'm 22 all right so like when you're a young man you can party oh and yeah. you can wake up and you can go freaking do a max out on the bench or squat at like 22 years old and then when you start getting older, you start feeling like you can't wake up anymore and just hit the weights. But the technique now is I, I figured out 
is that if you're partying and you want to get that workout and still it's hot yoga just sweat it really? all out but it's not too much pressure on your muscles and joints and then the next day or two then you can start lifting again damn hot yoga yeah gotta try I mean, that yeah you went to u of a right yeah university of arizona How the hell was that because that's one of the most top like the top party school yeah it was awesome dude i loved it so much and every, everyone always asked me like how the heck did you get out to the university of arizona and uh, to make the story short, my dad sells fitness equipment. He's been in the business for 30 years now. He went on a road trip, you know, you know those conventions where all the fitness people, all right. the same people that do the same thing. They met up in Vegas and then he met his friend, a friend there that does the same exact thing as him that who, who went to the University of Arizona. He had stores in Arizona. So he kept telling my dad, bring your kids out to the University of Arizona. I'm an alumni. I'm a booster there. So then we wanted to get recruited. He got us in the door. So we went there, took a visit. And I was like, damn, this place is dope. The campus, the weather, the pools, the, the women, chicken, yeah, the, women. the chicks, the, <laughs> just everything, man. It was 90 degrees out every single day. The weather was just legit. It was my type of atmosphere. I asked the football program was up and coming. They just got Mike Stoops as a head coach. But let me tell you, like, it was meant to be to go there. I mean, I knew the football program was average, and I knew that no matter where you go, you're going to get looked at no matter what. If mm -hmm. you're good enough to make it to the pros, you're good enough to make it to the pros. So that's how I got to the University of Arizona. My brother then transferred from the University of Maryland, met me at the <laughs> University of Arizona, bro, and we had a great time, man. It was it was the two, two and a half best years of my life. You guys must have been a fucking threat there. <laughs> yeah, we were a threat, that's for sure. Because I've partied, no partied with Gordy, too. Oh, you've partied with Gordy before? Yeah, oh, Gordy's, the fucking muscle chucks. Yeah, Gordy's the absolute wild. monster, he's bro. Yeah. He's 40 years old, and he's still partying <laughs> like he's in college, bro. He's an absolute monster. I don't know how he does it. I got to give him absolutely a ton of credit for doing it and just going like an animal still to this day, man. I don't know how he does it. Does he it's go the impressive. hardest out of all you guys? Yes, he goes the hardest out of all of us. But if I really needed to, I could out-party him. Who's like the yeah. like rank? Yeah, so I don't want him to think it. like he's the number one party. Like I could out-party him in a second. What's like the He's rankings? the number one most out. He's the number one most consistent partier. Okay. That's what he is. And it's impressive. And he can get his work done the next day, wake up and just go after it. I mean, the guy's an absolute machine. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, well, okay. What's the ranking? Yeah, I like doing the, the rankings. rankings. Yeah. All right. For my brothers and I. Yeah. All right. Actually. If you get Chris G going, yeah, he, uh, he lives in Dallas and he's the one who actually created Ice Shaker, started that business. So he's super busy. But if you get Chris G going, he's number one on the list. And then I would say, <sighs> I mean, it's hard because we all take turns. I mean, yeah. there's sometimes my brother Dan, absolute animal. We're somewhere <laughs> at an event and he's just the one going off partying and just taking over wherever we're at with the comments, with his moves, just everything. So, I mean, it's hard to make the make a list. I would say consistent party or Gord's number one for sure. And then I would say my brother Dan's number two. And then you throwing Glenn at number three, Chris at number four, then I would go with myself number five. But if I needed to out party all of them, I can put myself right up at top of that <laughs> list. That's for sure. Yeah, dude. It's, I always think about just your guys's team with you, Edelman, like and even Amendola. So you have three guys who all like to party, but you have the most discipline coach and quarterback so how did that, that how do you like, balance yeah. that and how do they like did they let you live their 
your life or did they get involved? No, they definitely let us live our life, but we always showed up, man. We are still super disciplined. I mean, don't let the, you know, people were getting fooled a little bit like, oh, they're always out, but we weren't always out. It was just like once a week when we knew we had the next day off as well, when we knew we had enough time to recover and get after. And I would say it kind of helped us be the players that we were. I mean, you got to be a maniac off the field to be an absolute maniac on the field. Imagine just every day going home and not having fun. I mean, I, I feel like we wouldn't have brought that type of you know attitude to the field uh, without going out at night as well we knew that that was a treat to be able to go out and have a good time and be you know the big man on campus going out in the city of boston but uh just overall danny amendola and julian edelman man they're absolute dogs on the field off the field i love them to death man and uh they're absolute maniacs too they it's just incredible just you know for their size just how much power that they have it's just incredible. I mean, Julian and Danny, they're both like 180, 170, or maybe Julian's like 195. He's absolutely shredded. But how much power they bring to the table and how much strength that they have, it's just pretty impressive. Dude, you you three plus Tom is the scariest group at yeah, the club. Out of, out of the four titles, like what was your favorite like title you guys won together? I'll go with the the first one versus Seattle. Really? Uh, why? With the Seattle Seahawks, because that was that got ent- entered us into the um the super bowl club baby winning a super bowl i mean you just wanted to get in that super bowl winning club when we beat beat the seattle seahawks i mean we got in that was our first ring it was one of the most memorable ones because it was one of the best super bowl games in the history of the super bowl as well there's no doubt about that i mean the seahawks were up twice like by 14 or, or by 10 points and then we came back they went up again by 10 then we came back and then Malcolm Butler to seal the deal on that interception with like 30 seconds left in the game on the one yard line is just incredible story, man. So just overall, it was such a team win too. Brandon LaFell scored a touchdown. Amendola scored a touchdown. I scored a touchdown and Julian scored the game winning touchdown as well. So it was a team contribution overall. And Shane Vereen had about like 12 catches for 140 yards out of the backfield. So everyone contributed. It was a team win and it was the most memorable one as well. I wonder what was going on in your mind when Malcolm Butler like intercept? Because that was just like yeah. crazy to me. It like was. The very last yeah. second. I mean, you it's like one yard line. Right? Yeah. Uh, I didn't think we lost yet, man. I, I knew we had, I had some confidence in the defense. I knew something was going to go down. They had a miracle once again with, with a catch that one crazy catch they yeah, had yeah. on the drive for like 30 yards. It was a miracle. That's for sure. And, uh, but I just had some faith. I knew something was going to go down. I was kind of praying for an interception or a fumble. I was thinking of a fumble recovery that we we're going to have within the 10 yard line when they got down there. But I mean, it was saddening. Uh, it was heartbreaking when they were driving, and then they were in field goal range, and it was like, oh, crap, they're about to score a touchdown. But then Malcolm Butler came through. Man, I was just sitting on the bench, and I never felt my body it just jump so fast up out of my chair, out of my seat. So just what a play by Malcolm Butler, man. He just he put us right back up on, on the map when, uh, with a Super Bowl Insane. victory. What about the Super Bowls? The Super Bowl you won with the Bucks. How does that compare to the ones that? In yeah, that one's legit too. I'm gonna put that one as number two. That's for sure. Really? Yeah, because number two, number when we beat Atlanta, I actually didn't play in that game, uh, which is cool, man. Because I, I was having a good season that year. I would actually say I was having the best season of my career that year. I had the best camp of my career, and I pulled my hamstring. It was my first muscle like I've ever pulled playing football. And uh, I was dominating camp, man. You were putting three guys on me. I was I was just <laughs> trucking three guys at once. No DB, no linebacker could cover for me that year in camp. And I pulled my hammy. Tom was suspended those four games as well uh, because of the of the deflate gate. So then 
I came back like the fourth game. My hammy was still aggravating. We lost to the Bills like 13 to three. They finally beat us. The whole city of Buffalo was going crazy. I'm from Buffalo. I'm like, you guys beat us. We have no one. Like Tom wasn't there. My hamstring wasn't there. Our other two-star players were out as well. And then uh, boom, Tom came back. My hamstring healed as well. It was about eight weeks into it, so I was ready to go. We had Martellus Bennett as well as the other tight end. And the five games I played that year, actually I played four. I had 550 yards in those four games. I had like three touchdowns. Marty B had like 300 yards and like six touchdowns. So we were going to be like the best tight end combination out there since like my, my second year in the league. And we were absolutely dominating. And then I got hit up the middle. I was going up the middle. Tom threw me a pass versus Seahawks. Earl Thomas, absolute rocket, the hardest hitter in the game, I would say, at that time. I was looking at the ball, and right when I hit my fingers, he came running full speed, and I was running full speed up the seam, and he drilled me right in my chest. I punctured my lung and popped a disc in my back, and then I was Jesus out for the rest of the season. So, unfortunately, I didn't play that game, that Super Bowl game, but, you know, I showed him the way in training camp, and I showed him the way how it's done in the five games that I played. But, uh, yeah, so that Super Bowl – you know, it was cool, but I didn't play, so I can't rank it number one or number two. Rank, and rank then, the championship. And then, the, yeah. okay, so Tampa's number two by far. Mm-hmm. First one was versus Seattle because of such a good game it was. And then, um, and, and how it ended and all that. And it was the first one, got me in the Super Bowl club. And then the Tampa Bay one was definitely number two by far. I mean, going down to Tampa, they haven't been to the playoffs in 10 to 12 years or, or however long it was. They had a good team. They just needed to get over the hump. And going, you know, Tom going down there, got them over the hump, then adding myself to, you know, just another target to get them over the hump. And then we had a season, we were seven and five at one point, won eight games in a row, went on the road to New Orleans, to Washington, and to Green Bay, won three games on the road, which we were, I think, not favored to win any of them. And then we had a home game. It was the first home Super Bowl game ever in history that someone has ever won. So the game was at home after Damn. winning three on the road. And we beat the Chiefs, who were about to go back-to-back as well. So I'm glad we we beat their ass, or else they would have like three or four rings by now. So that was uh, the second-best one by far. And then the third Super Bowl ring, I would say, was my last game with the Patriots when we beat the uh, – what were they? They weren't the St. Louis Rams. They were finally the uh, Los Angeles Los Rams Angeles at the Rams. time. We beat them thirteen to three in that Super Bowl, and then uh, yeah, that's the ranking right there, baby. Talk talking about Tom, like, what was your thoughts on him saying the league's like kind of like soft now, like the coaching, the player development? So the only person that can say this is Tom. Like he he's saying like um, how the talent is mediocre right now, yeah. like teams are are mediocre and all that. So I kind of you know agree with him a little bit, but he's the only one that can say that because I'm telling you, a motherfucker. Every time he hit the field. If it was practice or if it was the game field or if it was a walkthrough, he was on another level than everyone else. So he can look down and he knows when the talent isn't there because his talent was all the way up here. His focus was always up here every single time he hit that field. And he elevated the play around everyone else, elevated the play of me, elevated the play of Julian, elevated the play of the offensive line, elevated the play of the defense, all because Tom was present. And you could just feel his presence because he was so focused and determined every single time he hit that field. That's awesome. Why do you wait? But why do you think he feels that way? Because I feel like the level of competition now, like the league is high scoring. Yeah, I would say he feels that way. I mean, just because he can see the game of football better than anyone else. So he's the only one that really knows that. And uh, I would say, 
outside of two to three teams in the NFL, like, yeah, you got the San Francisco 49ers, actually probably them. They're the only one that that's, that's truly consistent right now, but all the yeah. other teams, man, they're so up and down. Yeah, Miami, and I would say Eagles. that's what he's truly talking about is that Tom played at such a high level and a consistent level at the high level. Mm -hmm. These other teams, Dallas Cowboys, Miami Dolphins, they're going 70 points the next week. Yeah. 10 points, right. five points or two points or getting getting just a safety and uh, <laughs> which isn't happening, but it sounds funny. But uh, and then 14 points only, then all of a sudden they're scoring 50 again and then winning by 30 and then they're losing again. So I think that's what he's talking, truly talking about is the consistency of yeah. these players. No one's playing at a high level at a consistent rate. I saw Cam Newton did some podcasts and he kind of like threw shade at Brock Purdy and was like, this guy's not even a quarterback. He's like game manager. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because, I mean, that guy's having a pretty good season. And he's looking at all these new quarterbacks as just game managers. Like, yeah. Tua, Brock, yeah. you know I mean, Hurts. I would say that, uh, Brock Purdy is a game manager, but he's such a good game manager that it makes him a game changer. That's how I look at Brock Purdy, you know? And he's got such great players around him, so you can't really ever tell until, like, you know, he's dealing with a wide receiver corpse that is, like, all fifth rounders. I mean, he's got talent everywhere from the running back position to the wide receiver position, but he's so great at managing that, that it's making him a game changer as well. And he's using it to his advantage. I would say some of the other quarterbacks you named, I would say are system players. And I never really thought of like what a system player was until you see them in, in college and you see them that they're so good throwing 60 touchdowns a game. Then they get to the NFL where it's a lot more challenging and they can't do what they need to do like they were doing in college. But Brock Purdy, I mean, I think he's legit and I think he's really good at adapting to his situation um, around him, no doubt. Yeah, you just also you don't have that many like natural pocket passers anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, you really don't. I mean, the league's changing a little bit with the quarterback position. It's a lot of the guys that can rush the ball as well, can, that can run on the fly, that can scramble out of the pocket to the left or right, deke a defender that's about to sack him. And that's what you want to see with a quarterback, but you want to see with a quarterback as well. That's why I love Josh Allen, because he's he's a pocket presence. He can throw the ball in the pocket, and then he can just zip it out whenever he can. And that's what makes Patrick Mahomes so great as well. And I would say those are the like the really only two that have a true, true, true pocket presence that can throw the ball when they need to, but can also scramble. And that's what makes them so lethal. If Tom could run the ball at all and had some speed, he would have been the most lethal player of all time. He would have been 99 on Madden all over the place in every category. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, what made the chemistry between you guys so great? I would say the work ethic that we had, man. There's no doubt about that. I mean, Tom led the way. He showed us the work ethic. Same with Coach Belichick. Same with the coaching staff. I mean, I got there like 10 years into the dynasty, about not eight to 10 years into it. So the work ethic was already established. But we would go out to the practice field, and it, we just wouldn't practice. We would make sure all the details and the fine points were hit. You know what I mean? Like, you can go out there, run a route. And you can be faster than everyone, but you can be covered by someone that's not as fast as you as because you're not really running the route how you're supposed to. So it's all about the details. It's all about, you know, being on the same page as well, the chemistry with each other, Tom throwing the ball, knowing where it's going to be, knowing when to turn around, him knowing when I'm going to go out on my break, when I'm going to do a little move so he knows when to throw the ball as well. So all of that happened because of the chemistry of our work ethic and staying after practice every single day and making sure we we're on the same page every single time we hit the do, field. Do you remember your first interaction with uh, Bill Belichick and Tom? Do you have a story on that? I mean, with Tom, I remember I was getting my ankles taped. I was in the training room and he came up to me. He's like, 
what's up, Rob Gronkowski? He's like, I'm Tom Brady. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I know. Hi, Tom Brady. And like, I was just starstruck at the moment, just put my hand out and shook his hand. And uh, I remember the first time I was in the huddle with him, though, his just knowledge of football is so fast and he doesn't slow down for you. If you're not up to his pay, up to his speed, it's like you got to get out of the you huddle. Catch up yeah, him, you got to yeah. catch up until you can get into the huddle. So he said the first play I was ever in the huddle and I was like, yo, like it's like learning. It's like hearing a language for the first time. You're like, yo, I don't, I don't know what the heck Were you he just said. Yeah, I was confused. I looked over at my coach. He's like over there. And I was like, oh man, I got, I got to, I got to, you know, catch up. That's for sure. You think like, boys, this episode is sponsored by Shopify. Shopify is an all-in-one e-commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. If you're inspired to start a new business venture this year, you guys gotta try Shopify. Shopify is the only tool you need to start, run, and grow your in-person or e-commerce business without the struggle. Shopify is the global e-commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. So whether you're offering custom stickers from Shopify's in-person POS system or selling sunglasses on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are in good hands. By now it's clear, you boys know that I love Shopify. We've used Shopify's e-commerce platform from the very beginning to sell full send and happy dad gear hosted on our website. My favorite thing about Shopify is no matter how big you wanna grow, it gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. They're truly a global force powering millions of entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is a possibility powered by Shopify. So boys, if you're thinking of starting a business, doing anything, get something going, you can go to shopify.com slash full send and sign up for a $1 per month trial, period. So all lowercase, go to shopify.com slash full send and take your business to the next level today. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. More of that discipline came from Tom because if you like, then Bill, you look at the Patriots this year, they're having a shitty season. Bill's taking a little heat. What do you think about that? Yeah, Bill's taking a little heat, that's for sure. I mean, he's having his worst year, I mean, I would say, in his his career. But he is the best coach of all time, if not the best coach, the top three then. I mean, I played with this guy my first nine years. I wouldn't change a thing either. Um, if I had to go back and redo it, I would not redo any of the situations I was in. Uh, and also going there was great for me, you know, being under a program. The way that Bill Belichick runs it is just, it's just so good you know, for a lot of young guys, you know, it's a lot of discipline and um, a lot of action that you got to take and uh, a lot of sustainability of being reliable to the guy next to you. And that's huge to have in just the, you know, the game of life as well. You take what you learn from Coach Belichick and the New England Patriots organization and you can apply it to your life as well, which I sure am. Uh, being disciplined the way you got to be disciplined, being there for, you know, the teammate, uh, being there for the company that you're working with, being here for you guys now saying, hey, here I come, making sure that you're on time, that you show up and uh, do the right thing. So Coach Belichick also knows the game of football better than anyone else I've ever seen know the game, known the 
game of football as well. He knows every coverage. He knows every pass play. He knows every route. He knows every little trick and technique to get around the guy. He knows when a little guy can beat a big guy. He knows when a big guy should be able to whomp a little guy. He just has the it factor as a coach. Um, I would say what's going on, It that's why it's such a tough situation to be like, Coach Belichick, we're going to fire you because it's like, damn, who else? Who's going to get Coach Belichick then? That's a lethal weapon. So that's why it's a tough situation right now. I think they should definitely give him another year or two in New England. Was there ever a time where Tom or Bill had to check you? Oh, like make sure, you know. Just like you were, you were oh, dog fucking a little bit. Oh, like, yeah, man. Is there a story with that? <laughs> yeah, they checked me a couple times, that's for sure. I remember one time Tom Brady always wanted me to run a corner route to get outside of the defender. If he's playing like 10 yards off of me and I'm running a corner, a flag route, he's like, get outside leverage every time you break it to the flag. And like, I just wasn't capable of getting outside leverage. Like I was just too stiff sometimes, you know, too lazy, I would say. Actually, that's probably the better answer. <laughs> and uh, I kept going inside because then when you go inside, the guy's just going to seal you off and then you make the break and he's right there on you. But I always felt like for myself, I had a better chance of still like giving, getting like a turbo boost and getting around the guy, even if I went inside him. But Brady always wants the guy to go outside. So I went outside again. And then in the meeting, practice meeting right after, he's like, yo, I ain't going to throw you the ball no more. He's like, you just keep going outside. Like, what, what the F? I, I don't throw to anyone that goes outside on a flag. And then like he said it like, you know, I was a rookie. It was like, damn, it kind of hurt, you know, but. <laughs> I just really noticed he was really hard on myself as well out there out in the football field uh, because he saw, you know, greatness in me, I would say. I didn't really realize, like, why he was so hard on me at first because, you know, I'm 21. I want to have fun. Like, I want to go out there, run my route. I don't really, you know, I care about some coaching points, but I never really cared, like, so much about the details. And then um, from there, the, that from that day on, I was like, all right, like, you know, I got to show this guy up now. You know, I'm glad he yelled at me. Um, I took it the wrong way at first, but then the next day I finally realized like, he's just trying to wake me up. He's trying to get me in the right position so I can be able to go out there and make a play for the team. And then from there, you know, we just hit it off halfway through my rookie year. Uh, he was hired on me a, a little bit uh, more throughout my rookie year, but then it all clicked. And then we just went off from there, man. And the uh, rest is history. Was there like a bonding moment when you're like, you know what? I'm actually like, fucking friends with this guy now yeah the bonding moment i mean i would say was when we were playing the chicago bears in chicago so coach o'brien offensive coordinator now just always on top of me yelling at me no matter what because they wanted me to be great that's that's the understanding i have now is that they saw it as in me as a rookie i could take it as well you can come at me you yell at me whatever put me as an example that's fine which they did and i, I liked it because it you know it disciplined me it got me to be where i am now to this day and uh so we're repeating this route in practice in practice and it's it's a goal line route so you got to get big i'm a big guy you got to be physical so in practice they they harp on me you gotta hit this route right on the money it's basically you're at the 12 yard line run in kind of like you're running an over route in the end zone right in the middle and then put the brakes on put your shoulder into the linebacker get big on him box him out and then tom's gonna throw the ball right there um like kind of lower more so the guy can't reach over and you're boxing the guy out like a basketball play so we finally hit it in practice and uh everyone's flipping out coach is flipping out they're starting the game that trusted me this is about week 10 my rookie year and then we go to the game and uh, we're facing the chicago bears negative 20 degrees 
freaking snowfall coming down. You can barely see anything. And we're absolutely putting a whooping on them. And it's about to be the end of the second half where there's like four minutes left. That play gets called. And Tom looks at me, he goes, this is it. And I, I, I line up and I'm like, this is make or break for me my rookie year. So guess who the linebacker is I'm going one-on-one with? Brian Yep, Brian Erlacher, the best linebacker, most physical linebacker in the league. I go down three yards into the end zone. Boom. I post up Brian Erlacher, put my shoulder down, turn around. Boom. The ball's right there. Make the catch. And we just started going crazy. That's and that's it. when I gained the trust of Tom Brady. And then from there on out, I played every single play with the New England Patriots. That's sick. Yep. And Brian Erlacher was trying to complain that it was a flag or a push off, but it wasn't. He was a beast, though, man. Much respect yeah. to him, man. He was the most feared linebacker. It was just a blessing to be able to just have a big moment like that versus such a great player. Who who are the most like like uh I guess fearful or like guys you've played against like that are linebackers that you say like Erlacher? Oh. Who's your multiple. biggest matchup? Or yeah, enemy? your biggest matchup. Oh man. Oh man. This was when I was younger. <laughs> Um, Terrell Suggs, man. Terrell Suggs was a maniac, bro. Just absolute maniac. I mean, guy had arms that were like this size, like huge. I mean, strong, mean looking, came came with some attitude every single game. Talk shit in the media the week prior, every single week as well, saying he's going to rip off Tom's head, saying he's going to rip our offensive linemen (laughs) apart, rip our helmets off, just whatever he could possibly say to get, you know, to get into your skin. And uh, every time I faced him, I mean, I was young, so I'm 22 years old. So when you're facing like a vet like that, you're just like, you're like kind of shaking a little bit. But uh, he was a maniac man. And then we started started battling it off. I mean, you build up that confidence once you go versus him. And then I probably had about, you know, 15 chances, you know, one-on-ones with him in my career at a younger stage. And uh, he got me a couple of times. But I remember this one time in the playoffs, I had to chip block him. And uh, he's right there, right next to me. And uh, a chip lock is you just hit the guy to help out the offensive lineman so he can't rush full speed. And then I go out to my route because I have a shorter route. And I'm like the last reach. So I chipped him and I sent him flying like five yards. And he went flying <laughs> on the ground. It was one of my most accomplished blocks of all time. I felt, proud. I felt proud about it. But he got me back. He got me back. I forgot what play. He got me back. And then he told me, he's like, I got you back. And then he let me know. You said he, he said a little bit more than that, but yeah, yeah, it was good stuff. <laughs> Talking gets you fired up. Got you fired up on the field. Yeah, I love when people shit talk me. I love it. How Who's are you? How are your chirps? I don't really chirp, man. I chirp like once I really get into it. Like once someone puts me over the edge, and then that's when I start chirping. I feel yeah. like it'd be pretty hard to get in your head. Yeah, it would I be mean, pretty stupid to piss you off. Yeah, yeah, that's what Julian always said. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't piss them off. And then, you know, you piss me off and then it's game over. <laughs> it's game over, baby. People Ooh. always want to talk about like greatness and stuff. Uh, when it comes to you, Tom Edelman, what are some of the stuff that like people didn't see that you guys were doing that nobody else was? I would just say our work ethic, just in and out, man. We would go like, into dive the, into that. Yeah. We would go into the weight room. We would make sure we, we'd be strong, you know, stronger than our opponent. We would absolutely be beasting. You know, whatever we had a beast in the in the weight room, making sure that we were powerful enough, just working on our craft 24-7. And then going out in the field and just fine-tuning everything that we needed to fine-tune. Just making sure everyone was on the same page 24-7 all the way up to game time. And then making sure we understood each other out on the game field. Because communication is huge in the NFL. If you can't communicate, it doesn't matter what type of players you have on the field. You're never going to get the job done. If you miss a signal out there and Tom thinks you're going to run 
run that route that he just signaled, but the wide receiver missed it. Guess what, bro? That's a broken down play. That could be a 10-yard sack then instead of a 40-yard gain, and boom. So the mental game of the NFL is just as crucial as the physical game. There's no doubt about that. But we were always making sure that we were on the same page, and everyone picked up each other's slack. If I was tired, Julian would pick me up. If Tom was tired, which was never, which is impressive, we would pick him up or he would pick myself up or Danny Amendola would pick us up or Slater would pick us up or the defense would pick us up. So we all were accountable for each other. We were all a true team every single time we hit the field. And that's what made us great. Did the pressure ever get to you or like mental health ever like people talk about that in the NFL, but did that ever like affect you? Uh, a little bit later in my career. And that, that's why I actually retired, man. I was beat up, man. I was feeling slow like real slow at some points, man. Like I didn't want to go into work, like going out to practice was tough. Playing in games was tough. And that's when I knew that it had to be my last year. Uh, no, no doubt about that. I mean, it happens to the, the grind of the NFL, man. It's vicious, man. Fuck you know, yeah. you crazy. don't really know what's going on with a player. You're getting hit. You're getting beat up. You know, if you have a big, huge bruise on your body from that game and you're trying to practice that week, your body's trying to focus on healing that bruise or that bump or, or that contusion or whatever it is. So therefore, your brain's kind of shut down because it's trying to heal it. So it, it was just a grind at times, that's for yeah. sure. You had to find ways to fight through it. Um, that's why it's great to have great teammates around you because they can pick up the slack and understand if you're hurt. And uh, that's why we are such a great team as well. Like if I was beat down and Julian was or Amendola or Chris Hogan or whoever we had at wide receiver knew it, they would pick up the slack for me. And then if I knew they were beat down, I'd be like, yo, boys, chill out. I'm going to get every pass this game or I'm going to I'm going to take over for us like because I'm, I'm feeling fresh. So it's all about the teamwork, man. It literally it literally is. It's all about understanding each other out there. It's picking each other up as well. But the mental grind, man. You can see it in football, man. You see some guys just lose their shit, man. It's been happening way too much. It's been hap happening way too often. Um, it's not good to see. It's not a good product of, of the NFL when you see these guys just go batshit after or even while they're playing football, they don't even show up and they're missing. I mean, there are some points in my career where I was like, I don't want to go to practice. I don't even want to show up. And I actually pulled it off once. I went in, said I was sick. I was pretending the fake cough. I talked like <laughs> I was serious? sick. And yeah, <laughs> this was with the Patriots okay. one of my last years. And uh, literally he sent me home and I literally went home and I was just like, thank you, Lord. I was like, I needed a day off. I was so beat. I couldn't think at all. I was so slow. And that day off also like helps tremendously, like oh, yeah. crucially, man, like it's crucial. And it's hard to get a day off too because you got to be accountable. But I did that, man. I did it for the benefit of the team. Yeah, it looks selfish, but I swear it was for the benefit of the team to get me feeling better. I mean, you guys are, when it comes to your guys' whole, I've never seen a group that close ever. I don't think maybe in sports, like between you, Tom, and Edelman, just like lack of, no one's selfish. Everyone's for each other. What did you guys do off the field, if anything, to like build that bond even stronger? I mean, when, well, for Tom, he was, he just got married to Giselle. He was like 33 when he's like my age right now, actually one year older than, than when I met him, I, he, I met him when he was 33. So he was married with kids. So like he was focused. He's a family man. One of the best family mans I've ever seen in my life. Great, great parent. So then obviously you don't really hang out with the vets either. I mean, every different age, you're 30, 30 as a vet, you're not hanging with a 21 year old. So like we had a good group of young guys. We had Steven Ridley, Shane Vereen. Uh, Julian Amendola when he came over we had a, a lot of other guys as well and we would always just hang out after we were in Foxborough so there wasn't much to do so we would have ping pong tournaments we would have cornhole tournaments yeah. uh, we would go out and hit the city of Boston have some dinners together 
Uh, so we always had a true bond. We always stuck together. We would go out and do things together um, when we were off the field as well. So that's what actually what builds the relationships as well when you got guys that are sticking together off the field too. What are you most competitive about off the field? Mm, I would just basically say all the little activities like cornhole, ping pong. We're always going at it, that's for sure. Video games, not so much. There's some guys on the team that go absolutely nuts for video games. Uh, but <laughs> most competitive, like, it's just those little little niches. Uh, uh, we also play, uh, what's that, the paddle, paddle, that paddle game now? What's that called again? Pickleball? pickleball? Yeah, pickleball. Everyone's playing <laughs> yeah, right now. We would do all that. So we would just compete at everything. We'd shoot hoops. We didn't really play, like, real, real basketball, like five-on-five five or one-on-one. -on -one. We would just be shooting competitions, like three-point games. And uh, we were just competing at all times. It was just in our genes to compete. Yeah. Going out, we would compete who can chug a beer fastest, who can take more shots, or we'd be out to dinner, who can eat the freaking the steak the fat fastest. So it was just in our genes to just always compete, and that makes you a better football player. It really does. What was what was the best like post game party and where? Oh man, the best post game party, I would say, was actually at my house. We call it Ratio. And uh, that's the only details we can get into. We made a pact that we can never talk about it, but we can only give glimpses of details. I was just on Julian's podcast, Names with Games, and we brought Ratio that Ratio sounds pretty yeah. self-explanatory. Yeah. Ratio. So <laughs> yeah. that, that's what it was called. So that's all we got. That's all we got. I like it. <laughs> I'm just picturing I was it, 22, yeah. my, my second year in the league. It was a good one. That was probably the best one. But we had a lot of good times. You know, just being with the players after the games, we would always go up to Patriot Place. There was like Scorpion Bar, there was Toby Keith's Bar, and we would just all have a lot of laughs and, and get the back room and uh, just enjoy our time after a game, after a nice win. What, what was it like when Randy Moss came and joined? Yeah, so Moss was on the team my rookie year. I only played three games with him, but oh, he's okay. an absolute legend. So uh, my rookie year, you know, I was just finding my mold, but uh, he loved imitating me. I always like after a big play, I always like did that, like laughed a little bit. And then he scored a couple of touchdowns in those first three games that we had him. And uh, he, he'd do that after, uh, you know, just to, you know, mock me a little bit, which was awesome, which yeah. is great. I was like, Randy Moss is pretending he's me in the end zone. No one knew it. It was just an inside joke between all of us. But what an absolute legend he was, man. And uh, it was unfortunate. I only got to play three games with him before he got traded. What was practice like seeing Randy in, in practice, like making I mean, crazy catches and stuff? Yeah, it was unreal, man. I had Randy Moss, have three goats, Wes Walker, and Tom Brady. Put it that way. That's the offense I walked into as a rookie, and just watching them go was just poetry. It was art, man. Just seeing the way that they practiced, just seeing the way that they went up about their business, just seeing the way that they handled themselves. I mean, it was a professional level at the top of the top, and. uh just walking in and being in awe of them, just knowing that you're so far behind, just feeling like you're never going to catch up and be on their level. Wes Welker, Randy Moss, Tom Brady, the offensive line that they had at the time, just, just to, you know, just the impact that they made on history already, just is ridiculous. So just being in awe of them, it was a, it was a surreal moment, you know, you know, surreal moments just yeah. being in that huddle with them, and uh, just learning a lot from them as well. That's for sure. And Moss, though, he's ridiculous. He's a freak. He's a freak of nature as an athlete. That's for sure. One hand catch. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. 
starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Just man. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Goat, any catch, yeah, man. the goat, the goat at, eh, the goat at wide receiver. I would, I would say probably top three, right? Yeah, top three or four. Who would be your top three? Top I would five. say the only thing that Moss didn't have as a wide receiver, and it's not a knock to him at all is that he was so big and, and long is that he just didn't have the underneath game. You know yeah, what I'm talking about? Threat. Yeah, he's a uh, deep threat. Yeah. Like, he had to be on the run. It wasn't like he's a Julian Edelman in the slot going back and forth, cutting back and forth. If Moss could do that, too, I mean, look, at I couldn't do yeah, that. he really I mean, never went inside size. pocket, yeah. No, he really was a, but he all. didn't need to. He was a guy that was yeah. just an absolute just deep tall. threat. Yeah. Well, he's could fast do, as fuck, too. And fast as fuck. Fast as fuck. He would just glide, and you'd be like, are you even trying? Everybody. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. He wasn't even trying. Yeah. That's what they call it. You got mossed. How tall yeah, is he? You like got mossed. Exactly. He mossed uh, Revis my rookie yeah. year, our second yeah. game of the season. That one hander in the end zone Fucking was about crazy. a fifty yard bomb. That was ridiculous. So who's That's your crazy. who's your other two? Jerry Rice? Yeah, Jerry Rice by far. If you look at his stats, dude, they're ridiculous. <laughs> like ridiculous. Like I, I'm always hearing about Jerry Rice and then finally I was like, because he was young. I mean, I was young when he was playing. So I was like, all right, let me check out his stats. I was like, bro, this. This guy played like 20 years, has like 20,000 receiving yards, and has like 200 touchdowns. Ridiculous, dude. Crazy. To yeah. be at that level for so long, ridiculous. He's def- I would say he's the GOAT. Yeah. What, what about tight ends? Top three. Oh, top three of like all time? Yeah. Oh, man. Man, that, that's a... Uh, that's a, you know, that you, you can put yourself seen. in there. How about yeah. that you've seen? That I've seen? Yeah. Should I put myself in? I got to put myself in. Yeah. I'll put top yeah. three. We're not, we're, we won't do the you order. Do but order. <laughs> Kelsey's obviously in there. I mean, the stats he's putting up year in and year out. And then I got to go with Tony Gonzalez. You know, I knew three you for say sure. That, but yeah. People uh-huh. sleep on Antonio Gates. Too. Antonio Gates is probably my favorite tight end, yeah. to tell you the truth. Yeah. I love his game. Uh, just his niftiness out on the field, just how much swag he had. He brought the basketball style of sure. playing yeah. to the football field, and he led the way in that category. I didn't have the bat. I wasn't like a basketball style type player, but I appreciate it. I was like a guy that I was like an offensive lineman playing tight end. But Antonio Gates brought that position to another level by being the first guy that actually Tony Gonzalez, too, was a basketball player. But Antonio Gates put it to another level, especially with the amount of touchdowns he was scoring, man. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Kelsey, what do you think about all the people complaining about NFL showing T-Swift too much? I mean, I think it's great <laughs> for business. I think it's great for the NFL, yeah. 100%. That's for sure. I mean, it's actually impressive. She's the only person in the world that I would say can go to the NFL game. And have more of and, and sell the out the NFL game. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Crazy. Just being in the stadium, which is ridiculous. So props to her. That's for sure. And I just... I think it's great for the NFL, man. It's probably I, so many more females yep. watching NFL. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, oh, yeah. it's probably crazy. pretty cool for Travis, too. Yeah, very cool for Travis. That's for sure. I mean, I can see, you know, some of the fans, like true NFL fans that want 
a replay every single time <laughs> that want to see if the guy caught it, kept his foot in bounds. Yeah. Wants to see the family celebrating. I get it. Like, oh, they're like, oh, get Taylor off the screen because they're true football fans. They want to see football 24 seven. They're going to have her on red zone. Yes. Too, you probably, they, yeah. If you have big <laughs> action, big action on the game and you just keep seeing Taylor Swift, you're yeah. probably pissed. Yes, exactly. Those are the guys that, that are getting mad about it, that are just diehard football fans. You're right. They probably have eight TVs, every game on at once, every red zone channel on at yeah. once. And the second they show her, they're like, what happened with that game? There's there's a red zone going on. Why is she on? You know, so that's probably, you know, the scenario right Dude, there. Of people getting mad. You know what that just reminded me of is when fucking uh, Tony Romo dated uh, Jessica Simpson. That's like the closest thing that that this has ever been to the, like the situation. Yeah, I would right? say so. I don't really recall that. I mean, I was I was uh, okay. kind of younger, but I do recall that he was dating Jessica Simpson. But were they showing her on TV every single time? A little uh, bit. But yeah. it was like a big deal. On the deal. Jumbotron and stuff? But it was a big deal. Because they always blame like, oh, it's because he's in this relationship. But they haven't said that about Travis yet. Yeah, but no, no, they haven't. But that's also because of the you're in the Dallas market as well. Yeah. It all depends on what team you're on, what market you're in, what type of media market you're in as well. It all depends on what you can get away with, man. True. So in Tony, in Tony Romo's case, he's playing for America's team. They're going to find every niche to say whatever it takes to get clicks. And uh saying that it was because of Jessica Simpson. Even if it wasn't because of her, they were going to say it no matter what. Uh -huh. So speaking yeah. of that, the atmospheres, what was the difference, like the atmospheres in the, with the Patriots versus the Bucks, like Tampa? Yeah, yeah it was a total. So less pressure? Yeah, yeah, way less pressure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we went to a team, an organization that hasn't been to the playoffs in 12 years, so the expectations were whatever. If we went to the playoffs, that was a successful season already. Like, no, no doubt about it. Like, totally successful. And, uh, so making the playoffs was huge. I mean, it was definitely a lot of le less pressure than New England. I mean, you lose a game, you feel it from the media, you feel it from the fans. We lost a couple games in Tampa, and it was you didn't feel it as much as you would in New England. And uh, just overall, 180, I mean, it was the perfect way to end my career in Tampa. I mean, I love the coaches, love my career just overall, how I had nine years in New England than the last two in Tampa. I uh, love the situations I was both in, but... For where I was in my career at the time, I needed a place like Tampa, and uh, it was just unreal that we won the Super Bowl in the first year as well. Was that a tough decision though? Going like going there, what was that like? Uh, I mean, I felt like I had more football in me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I felt like I had more football in me when I retired. I was beat up. My mental health wasn't great when I first retired, so therefore, you know, I took that year off, and I was like, you know, I could still do it. I could still play. I kind of wanted a new situation as well. I wanted to feel like what it would be like on another team in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And also my mom was living in Fort Myers. I love Florida. Love the weather. Uh, love T-shirts, sandals, yeah. shorts to just go out. Huge, bro. Yes, exactly. The weather's huge. So it just felt like it was the right situation for me. So it was an easy call when uh, when it happened, when it went down. Yeah. But, you know, I know this. So you're from Toronto yeah. or Ontario or yeah. whatever. And you're a big it's Maple Leafs right fan. Pretty much yeah. yeah. Maple Leafs. I grew up in Buffalo, man. So I'm kind of a Canadian a little yeah, bit. But uh, I'm, a Buffalo, I'm a Buffalo Sabres fan, man. Nice. We used to go at it. Uh, Rob Ray, Ty Domi. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys used to beef. <laughs> I mean, we were beefing back in the day. They beefed back in the day. And oh, now yeah. we're beefing right now because you're, you're a Maple Leafs fan. I think you guys just fan. kicked our ass last night, actually. Yeah, the Sabres won that game <laughs> yeah, last like night? Eight, three or something. Oh, I knew they were playing. Okay. It was bad. All right. Do you pay attention to like NBA, NHL stuff, or do you just focus on NFL? You played hockey though, right? Yeah, I played hockey growing up all the way till uh, my freshman year in high school, and then I was just playing so many sports, I had to give up one. So I you gave get up out hockey. On the ice. I would love to get out <laughs> on the ice, man. Love hockey still to this day. You and play I, roller ever? Roller hockey, I played growing up as well. I still got some roller blades, size sixteen. Roller's fun. They're like they're like boots, bro. They're like they're I like 16, ski boots. Like they're actually awesome. like skis. 
But uh, hockey's the best, man. I'll get out on the ice. Let Just me know. I love it. Scary, dude. It is scary. With you, it's really scary. Sure. Yeah, I was a scary player. We'll toss there. you a net, Steiny. Yeah, yeah. You net, as long as I don't get hit, I'm cool. Yeah, put all the pads on. Yeah, no, I'll do yeah, that. Yeah, the puck won't hurt. You got you got enough equipment on. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, what's your prediction for MVP? Oh, I'm gonna go. I want McCaffrey to win it. I mean, I don't think there's any. He's quarter. having a great. Yeah, he's, he's having a great. Fucking season. incredible. He's bro. just blessing us on prize picks every time. Man. Yeah, man. He really. I think the Niners got it. Yeah, I think uh, McCaffrey should win it. There's no quarterback that's been consistent enough. Okay, but what about like Tyree Kill's having an insane Tyree's season, but they don't even really consider him. Yeah, I would say Tyree Kill, but the reason why he's not considered anymore is because two games ago, he only had like 40 yards, right? And he yeah. got hurt during the game. Yeah. And then last week, he didn't play. If he played, in order to get the MVP, you got to be like, available every single week as well and you got to put up a ridiculous amount of stats and you got to hit something like as a skill player you got to hit a like hit a hit it like a legendary mark like 2,000 yards no one ever hit 2,000 yards before like AP one was the last person to win the MVP that wasn't a quarterback yeah I think he what he was MVP uh he had a record he, he had a record breaking season that yards, year yeah. with yards I think he was over 2k or something yeah, yeah. there was something I can't exactly pinpoint it but there was something that made him like, okay, we got to give him the MVP. With Tyreek Hill, like if he reached 2K, like you got to give him the MVP. But uh, with with Christian McCaffrey, I mean, he's just taking it to a whole nother level, man. And he's, he's scoring touchdowns left and right. I think San Francisco is a perfect place for him, man. Perfect really, place he, for him. You think well, just, they're the favorite to win? Yeah, they're the favorite to win for sure as well. No doubt about that. They're fucking good. Mm -hmm. They're they're freaking real good. Didn't Did the Panthers trade Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, yeah they traded Christian McCaffrey. I still think... That might have been one of the best trades in history yeah, for the 100%. San Francisco 49ers. They hit big time, man. And what? What do they trade them for? I don't. I think it was like peanuts. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They got Debo Samuel out there, too. Yeah. I mean, I think they got a great team to win it this year. McCaffrey. Yeah. Yeah. 49ers should. McCaffrey got traded for peanuts, though, because he kept getting hurt. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, that's what it was. So then yeah. they finally got rid of him because they're like, he's not even out on the field. And boom, he's he's healthy now. And he's just absolutely dominating so like no other. Yeah, he is. What's What's the biggest difference now? In your daily life, oh man! Like, do you just feel way more chilled out, relaxed? No, man, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm actually more busy than I was playing. I said the other day I might go back to playing because I'm so busy right now, <laughs> but I make my own schedule actually, so that, that's my fault. But everything that I'm doing is great. I love what I'm doing. The only problem is is that it's a lot of travel. I got to travel across the country a lot, so I got to find the niches of being like ready to go off a plane after like a six hour flight. And you do that back to back in like two days. I mean, the flights can kill you. One flight, whatever. I mean, you can do that. But when you keep going up in the air, going to airports, it gets tough. So that's the only, only challenge in my way is flying. Other than that, loving what I'm doing, man. Commercial shoots, going on Fox on Sundays, loving it. Just traveling all over the place is, is the only aspect that I got to stick up, to, you know, keep up with and, and is in my way. Yeah. What, what have you been up to with the charity stuff that you're doing? I know you're doing something crazy. We saw with the sweepstakes and the. Yeah. So, you know, I started the Gronk Nation Youth Foundation actually about five, six years ago. I had such a great childhood growing up uh, with my brothers. We had so many friends in our neighborhood. I had someone to play with 24 7. I had access to equipment at all times, fields, whatever. And I truly believe I got to where I'm at now because of my childhood growing up. And I uh, love giving back to the community, um, love giving back, you know, to charities as well. And uh, my girlfriend and I, we just co-founded a, a virtual a sweepstakes company called Boomerang. 
And uh, we're giving away right now the first sweepstakes where there's actually two going on at boomerang.com. You can go in, you can go there to enter for them. And Camille, she has a giveaway package right now, and she's raising awareness for uh, Peter Frady's uh, family foundation of ALS. And um, Peter Frady's is uh, is a huge icon up in the city of Boston. And uh, she's raising money for that with her package deal that she's uh, doing right now, giving away. And that's two Corvettes, a brand new 2023 Corvette and uh, a 1974 Corvette. So you can go to boomerang.com, enter, and uh, we're raising a ton of awareness for that charity. And on top of a, a, a lot of the proceeds are going to that charity as well that we raised uh, through, the, through the sweepstakes as well. And then my package I'm giving away is $140,000 uh dream vacation package fifty thousand dollars in delta holy shit yeah in delta gift cards fifty thousand dollars in uh an airbnb gift cards and forty thousand dollars in the visa gift cards so you got straight cash to go out 40k in yes. airbnbs yeah oh. so if you win this package man you got a hundred and forty thousand dollars let's go uh in in vacation you know money to go out there and just have a dream vacation and uh i'm raising you know my charity that i'm raising awareness for is the Gronk Nation Youth Foundation, which I was just talking about that I started about six years ago with my family because I just want to give the kids the opportunity to succeed, the same opportunity that I had growing up. I mean, friends around me, places to play 24-7, all that good stuff. So, yeah, man, it's going good. Uh, the sweepstake ends January 1st. We're picking the winner. Um, you know, the New Year's next year, uh, about, I think, at 12.01. We'll be picking the winners. So just overall, man, it's great. It's great awareness for charities. It's great, you know, to be doing business with my girlfriend as well. She's wonderful. She does a great job with everything. And what's cool about the Corvettes is that we're going to be driving the Corvettes to the winner's house as well. Really? So Camille and I will be showing up. And uh, it's just super cool, man. Um, just So you, you know, go to get the website, you enter, get tickets. And then the winners get drawn January 1st? Yes, that is correct, my man. That is we'll correct. We'll put the link at the top of the description. Go, uh, I'm going to enter. I want that 40K yeah. Airbnb. Hell yeah. Where, yeah. What would you do with a 40K Airbnb? Yeah, what would you do? Fuck. That's one night for sure. Obviously, you have <laughs> Bro, That's one night. What <laughs> are you renting, Air- man? Yeah. Biggest Airbnb you can get. Yeah, the biggest Airbnb. You're just going all out for one ratio. night. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, ratio. Ratio there party. you go. Now we're talking. Where would you go? Probably here. Probably Star Island. Star Island you would go to. Or a little ratio in St. Bart's or some shit. Yeah, yeah St. Bars for New then you Year's. Get everybody there. Fuck, it's expensive. No, I, I just wonder if you can run a yacht. Shit too. Can you run a yacht with that? With Airbnb? Yeah, with an Airbnb yeah. gift card. Damn, that'd be a splash, actually. Yeah. yeah, dude, do you ever think like hypothetical what what your career would have been if you just didn't go to the Patriots? Yes, a little bit, man. I was ready though. I was ready to take over my second year in the league. I told everyone that I was going to be the best tight end in the league. I told everyone I was about to take over, break some records. I just had that confidence, that great feeling, just going into the season. But if I didn't go to the New England Patriots, man, I was ready, though, to make a mark. That's for sure. I always told my brother in college, I'm going to be Jeremy Shockey 2.0. That was my favorite tight end growing up. I loved what he was doing on the field. Unstoppable on the field and also unstoppable off the field at, the, that, at that time. He was getting carried, like, out of pool parties and stuff. And I was really? like, that's my man. Like, he brought that attitude off the field. That's why I <laughs> felt like, you know, we were great players at that time. You know, Julian and I and myself just going out because we were bringing the attitude around with us 24-7. We would bring that attitude of you're not stopping us when we go out. We're going crazy when we go out. We're all in. 
just like when we're on the football field. So we had that persona around us 24 seven. That's dope. Like you're not going to stop us. Like that's kind of how, like how it factored into how we got away with what we were doing off the field. And we weren't doing anything bad. I mean, it's just an athlete shouldn't be going out and drinking and, and being able to go out two days later and dominate. But it was our mindset that was getting us to that level of domination. And we knew we had to show up every time too, if we got caught out partying and everything. Um, so that's what's up, man. You that's think what's up. You think you'd be, you guys would have a little tougher time now with social media and shit? Yeah, big time. Cause we were right in the era of when it was just starting. So we got away with it a <laughs> little bit. Oh, yeah. And it's just annoying, man. I mean, you're not even doing anything wrong. It's just yeah. annoying with the social media era, the cameras all over the place. Yeah. If I could go back, man, if I can, you know, if I had a say in this world, I would just cancel like all those cameras, like, yeah, like out at all times. I mean, there's a lot of great things that come out of it, you know, but like, it's just annoying, like to go out in the public and it's just 24 gotta watch your seven. Six. Anything yeah, that you happens, watch you yourself. might as well just consider it's on the internet. If you're yeah. out in public, like, yeah. someone could be fucking. And filming. then you can't like you, your standards for girls have to, has to be higher too. You yes. know what I mean? Yes, exactly. That's a good point right there. <laughs> you don't want to be seen with the dirty. Yeah. <laughs> no, you speaking wanna... from personal experience. Yeah, be... yeah, yeah. Did yeah. that happen to you? Yeah, and then you have to hear about it from them too. Yo, saw this. Right? Uh, that's true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. I love when and I caught, I, when I know I caught you, my buddy with You might have gotten caught back in yeah, the day. I would have been caught back in the yeah. day for sure. Yeah. Not even knowing. You're just blacked out, just running around, not even knowing what you're doing. Oh, my Roast God. in the locker room? Yeah. Fuck that. We don't need that. <laughs> no, you don't need that. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> one thing i wanted to ask about too is well i know it's like crazy situation but what was it like being there with the whole ab situation when he took his like shirt off on the field like, yo, what was going through your head when you saw that happen yo so i didn't see it happen i was on the field and we were we were calling a play in the huddle so everyone on the field didn't even see it go down i actually heard about it at halftime and uh, oj howard he came up to me in the locker room. he's like yo you see ab Yo, he just went off. He just took his pads off, ran ran out, ran off the field into the locker room. He gone now. And I was like, what you talking about? Actually, no, I was wrong. That happened after halftime. It happened after halftime. So it was the third quarter. OJ Howard came up. He's like, I came from the sideline after a drive. He's like, yo, AB just went crazy, man. He just took his pads off, ran away. And I was like, all right, whatever that means. Like, it, I wasn't thinking like he actually took his pads off, his jersey off, and uh, ran off the field, you know, with his shirt off. So... I didn't see all that until after the game, until after I got on the bus and saw it online. I was like, man, that crazy, man. I think it was unnecessary for sure. Uh, the, narr the narration, the stories that he puts out there, I think like he makes up in his head a little bit. I, I, don't, I, like, I mean, it's a team game. You know, the ball's always not going to go your way. I mean, I'm out there as well. You got Mike Evans out there, Chris Godwin. And uh, to tell you the truth, man, it's he's such a great player as well, such a great athlete. I would say he would have possibly been the best wide receiver of all time if he was still playing. And he's a freak of nature, man. I looked up to him in the locker room with his athletic abilities. I mean, he was ready to go at all times, man, to go out there on the football field, run full speed at all times, uh, whatever it is, practice, game. It was like, wow, like I wish I was like that. I mean, I'm a big guy, though. It's kind of hard to carry myself and be ready to go at full speed every single day at 260. But just the way he worked out on the field, his work ethic, man, it was it was something special to see. And uh, it's just unfortunate, you know, just how it ended. Yeah. Should we try plugging the sweepstakes thing one more time just to make sure? Yeah. Just, just the link. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. What is it? How, how do yeah. I say the website again? Boomerang. V. Boomerang. It's boomerang, but with a V. Boomerang. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think this is a great episode. Guys, make sure we're going to put the link at the top of the description. Go to boomerang.com. 
Yes, boomerang.com. Enter. There's two different sweepstakes packages going on right now. I'm going for the fucking Airbnb gift card. Yeah. Yeah. Straight you up. guys going for the Corvettes? Yeah. I feel I'm like going, you I'm like fast cars. Yeah. 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 Down here in Miami. Yeah. I hope you guys win. <laughs> yeah. That'd be crazy. Rent the that would be Miami. crazy. Can we, can we go out one time or? You... We'll go out. If you win, we're going out okay. in the Corvettes. Okay. Actually, if you win the Corvettes and you win the Airbnb package, the dream vacation package, we're all going out for a couple of nights can together. Can you get unlimited tickets? Like, can you get yeah. as much as you want? Yeah. You can buy as many as you want as well. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's ball Hit it. the fucking link. Let's go. Oh, right. you're a legend. Thank you, bro. Yeah, thank, thank you, guys. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, Nug Boys, baby. Let's go. It's great Let's to go. sit down with Let's someone go. like Let's you. Fucking, you got us all motivated. Yeah. Yes. We need to work go. on our fucking bonding. No? Maybe I think you guys got we, it. I think we bond on that. Yeah, you guys got <laughs> it. Yeah, we got we to gotta work on the discipline shit now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah the bonding. discipline. We have the bonding down, And what type of discipline you guys need? What are you looking for? We're, what, March We just announced this thing. So all of us, like Steve, everyone, we're doing, we've all been trying to work out a little more. So March 9th, we're going to do like a bodybuilding show. There Whoever you go. makes the best the transformation best physique, yeah. is going to oh, win 100K. All right, so you guys need some discipline. I mean, yeah. I think Steve's, I'm, I'm Steve's he lacking right it. now. He, he's been drinking a lot of beers, it looks like, uh -huh. right? He's been yeah. drinking. He's dialing in, though. We're yeah, all he's dialing, dialing in. in. Yeah, you definitely need that discipline. What's some tips? And some tips, all right. Discipline. If you're working out hard, man, you need that recovery. And I, I'm telling you, I don't work out if I get like five, six hours of sleep only or like Sleep's four. Key. Sleep is key in order to work out the next day 100%. as well and in order to hit it. If you don't get to sleep, I mean, you might as well just walk that day or something because the inflammation in your body is it's gonna it's gonna hurt, man. It's it's not gonna be able to flush out in time. That's what I've learned throughout my career is that if I don't get to sleep, everything else goes. And then also, I would fast, man. Fasting is huge too. It gets you ripped. It, it you know, fasting eats up all like that. How, how long? All like that intermittent junk. fasting. Yeah, intermittent fasting it eats up all the junk that's inside your body. And uh, eat a lot of protein, a lot more protein than carbs. I've actually been doing that lately because I've been on the road so much. I'm, I haven't been able to rip my workouts like how I wanted to. So I've been eating a lot more protein and less than the carbs. And it's been actually yeah, getting me stronger, that. bro. Really how about discipline? Been. How about saying no? Yeah, saying no is huge too. Saying no is huge. You know you got to work out the next day. And someone wants to have five, six beers with you, you got to be able to say no. And in order to say no, too, you got to bring the fucking juice, too, to the table sober. If you can bring the juice sober, then no one's going to try yeah. and force you to have six beers. It's when you show up to somewhere and you're beat down. Yeah. That's when everyone tries to force you to drink because they want you up, so you gotta bring up that to that energy level. Still. So bring that energy still when you want to say no. Yeah. No, you got to just, you got to, you know, with determination, like, fuck you, I ain't having that. Yeah, like something like that. <laughs> what about if like a chick hits this guy up and says like, yo, come out for dinner and drinks tonight? All right, all right. Now we're in a different situation. You yeah. know? We're in a very, and I don't get we're in a very difficult too, so. situation. You're going to have to sacrifice yourself then for that <laughs> night. That's for sure. So you and don't say discipline for that? Yeah, it's not it? for that. But also, also <laughs> the hilarious. happiness that can be brought to the table from that can outweigh. Yeah, confidence out, and stuff out, for the yeah. night following weeks. Yes, but what out, if that can, can happen every night? Every night, no. It's not going to happen every night. Yeah, you can't you can't do it every night. Healthy but balance. If, but if some you know hot chick is like, you yo, can't say no to that, bro. Yo, brother, let's go out to de let's go out, bring me out to dinner, let's have some drinks. I mean, you got to do that. You have to. <laughs> yeah, you got to. And that's, also, that's you'll what be, I've been doing. Like, though, and just been how much juice she will bring to you if you can close the deal. Yeah. you'll be ready to go the next morning, no matter what. Even if you get four hours of sleep, then all right, I'm doing yeah, that. You'll be <laughs> stoked. That's, I'm going by yeah. these rules. Nice. All right, good luck, bro. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, thank good you, luck. Thanks, Rob. Hell yeah, great episode. Yeah, thank you guys.